Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the story of Andrew and Alexis. We hope you enjoy part two just as much as we enjoyed part one. Thanks for listening. After a while, she became aggressive. Aggressive over the fact that we kept asking for information, aggressive over the fact that we wouldn't let her spend as much time, especially alone, with areas that she wanted. Because she wanted him to spend the night. And she was getting verbally violent. Okay. So... Eight months into him. Aries was eight months old. Aries was eight months old. Uh, I remember bits and pieces of the day because I, it was one of the few times that I saw red after Aries was born. Um, she sat down with Aries in our comfy lazy boy chair and was playing with him when she started talking. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, do you need me to tell this? Yeah, go story? ahead and tell that part. Okay, so she randomly comes over one day and she walks in the door and she goes, why do you hate me? Looking straight at Andrew and then walks over and grabs Aries and sits on the couch or on the chair. And um, of course, at this time, I'm looking like I need to escape. I need to get Aries and get out of here. This is about to be World War Three up in our house. Um, I can't believe she just asked this. That was the lead in? Yes, that was the lead in. That was the first thing she said. Like she walked in the door. Why do you hate me? Yes. She wasn't even invited in. She oh, wasn't. Man. She literally just walked in the door. Why do you hate me? I'm like, oh, wow. no. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, at that point in time, I had, I, when Aries was born, I changed. I did a complete 180. I was still angry. I was still, but I wanted to be better for him. And I became so involved with wanting to be a part of this family that it even surprised me. I loved him. Uh, from the second he was born, I, I felt something chemically change in my brain. I, I, I don't even know how to put it. Um, I just wanted to be a better dad. I wanted to be as good as I could for him. When she came in and said that to me, I wanted, how to put this PG, I wanted to wreck her. Fight her. I want yes, I wanted to to fisticuffs. <laughs> so, so I stopped myself. I grabbed Aries. And I had a semi chalant conversation, nonchalant, nonchalant conversation, stating, You have not given me any information about my childhood. You have not told me anything about my family. You have been oppressive, aggressive, and recessive in my life. You have made it difficult for me to want to be here. That did not sit well with her. 
And I would imagine not. She, there is not a handle big enough for her to fly off of when it came to this specific situation. She was telling me that I was worthless. I was a horrible son. There, she wishes I was. You're um, ungrateful. Yeah, I'm pretty everything. sure she even said that uh, she wishes that it was me that was dead instead of. Uh, she did. She said really horrible, horrible things. And then the last thing I remember her saying before everything turned red was, you will never know how much I did for you, you little bleep. You stupid little bleep. Yes. And. Classic sign of love. Yeah. Classic. What, what I did was really surprising to all of us. I stood up. I calmly walked over her. I, I asked her to leave and I closed the door behind her. I was actually super proud of him. Um, I don't remember much of it. Impressive. <laughs> and of course, of course, afterwards, he was, you know, it was like, I'm going to go take Aries to his room. <laughs> you do what you need to do. Um, now, mind you, I had been doing martial arts for close to 15 years at this point in time. So I, I really wanted to just get that aggression out. I wanted to put forth physical force, but I didn't. And that's all because of Aries. <laughs> so that was the last time we spoke to her for a while. No. I well, for a while. Back. It was a yeah. few months. Um, Aries started going through the diagnosis process. So, sorry. Do you, know, do you want me to go into the job thing? Are you kidding me? Go ahead. Are you sure? Cause, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm at this point in time, was I... No, I didn't have a job. I had been uh, laid off for about six months. Oh, no. Was that the time? Or... No, you got confused. It's okay, I got you. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so he was working and he um, had actually just found a different job. So he stopped working for the um, land place and started working. No, no, that was the, um, I had stopped working at a law firm. Yes, yeah, so he started, started working, working for the land place. No. Oh, how are you confused? <laughs> I was like, sorry, we got our whole life story. <laughs> just not where Hindu uh, was working at the time. So I, I worked at a law firm, several law firms, and then I decided, you know, I didn't like working for attorneys. I mean, who does? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I started working for this um, NDA worldwide corporation doing some analytics work for their documentation. Uh, it was a temp job. It was supposed to be four months turned into four weeks because I took I, I took charge of it and that, that was it. Anyway, um, so I was looking for another job. I had my final interview and on my way to this interview, Alexis calls me. So we, at about a year old, I started noticing that Aries had weakness in his leg. I talked to his orthopedist about it and he ordered his MRI. Um, we went for the MRI, Andrew couldn't go. So I went with my mother. And he did well with his MRI, but immediately they brought him back. It took a little longer than normal. They told us it would be like 45 minutes and it was like an hour and a half. So we started getting worried. They bring him back. He's still asleep. They haven't woken him up yet. And they told us he might need immediate brain surgery. So we need to call the neurologist and um, we'll let you know. I was like, okay. Now mind you, Aries is 14 months at this point. Okay. <laughs> so uh, about two hours later, they come in and they tell, tell me that the neurologist is on the phone. I go over and I, 
grabbed the phone and talked to the neurologist. And he told us that the reason they thought he was going to need brain surgery was because he had so much fluid on his brain. But they realized that that wasn't fluid, excess fluid. It was because he had had so much brain loss from a stroke that he had had that there was extra fluid in that area, in the cavity that was used to be his brain. Now, at the time, I didn't understand that. But I did call Andrew and told him immediately that our son had, had a stroke at some point in his life. They didn't know when. We didn't really know a whole lot about it. We didn't understand, um, which was, needless to say, absolutely devastating. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. So we had to get another MRI to check for Moya Moya. Andrew had just started his job. He couldn't go to that one either. My mother went with me again. And then they went... We had to go to the neurologist and he finally showed us all of the scans. So the first, we went to the neurologist twice for one to see the first initial scan, our first MRI. And then again, Andrew went to the second one. The first one is when I got the pictures and the pictures were devastating. Andrew, I didn't even take pictures of them. I didn't want copies of them. I was like, if Andrew sees that, that's going to break him. I, you know, that's going to change his perception on Aries. So we're just going to leave it at that. And I let him know that there was significant damage, but Aries was Aries and it was fine. It turns out he lost almost half his brain. He did. Oh, wow. So when we went okay. in for the Moya Moya scan and Andrew came in for those, that MRI with the neurologist, he um, saw it and was just like, it, words just can't even describe when you see images like that. And you're like, that's my little boy's brain. Um, okay. So... <laughs> Of course, we got a really bleak diagnosis. They diagnosed him with encephalomalacia and CP, um, hemiplegia. There would be no talking, no walking, no feeding himself, no using the bathroom by himself. Um, he was going to live with us for the rest of his life. So, okay. which at the point I was like, that's devastating news, but Aries is already talking and <laughs> he's already almost so I was like y'all had to have gotten mixed up this can't be my son and he was like well you know the brain's a crazy thing so it happens um but because of that diagnosis Andrew really started questioning his genetics we knew my side of the genetics but we didn't know his so it's like could this what was this caused from they have no clue later on we find out um that it was actually caused from the death of the twin oh okay so um, he was a mono mono twin and he shared an umbilical cord with his brother. And when the brother died, it caused a chunk of matter to get into the umbilical cord and go into Aries brain. And he ended up having an aneurysm that burst the artery. So he had a burst artery, not a normal stroke, massive hemorrhagic stroke. Oh, wow. Um, okay. That he wasn't supposed to survive, but he did. And he's doing great. And awesome. he feeds himself just fine. And he's sassy and crazy. Awesome. I like but, all of that. <laughs> he's, yeah, no, he's, he's doing one great. Of the tops in his class. He, he's in normal school. He walks, he talks. He's super smart. You just want even, it's kind of crazy. It's like you see his, his scan, his MRI, and you're like, that cannot be the same child, but it is. But about six months after we got that news, that's when Andrew was like, I need to figure something out. My parents took an ancestry test to kind of play around with the genetics. And they're like, you should do this. It introduced us to all of these cousins. Um, and he toyed with it. And then finally I bought it for him without him even knowing. And I brought it home and I was like, hey, you should take this, spit in this cup. And he's like, absolutely not. 
<laughs> I was I was still so worried about what I would find. Um, I couldn't quite place the fear, but I assume it's something that was embedded in me by my mother to not look further. Sure. The devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Yeah. So I did it. I spat in the cup and um, we got the results. And it, it took it took a few months for me to actually warm up to the idea to do it. It was a few weeks. It was like two months. We it sat in our kitchen and it was like, are you going to do it? Elephant no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> the kind of thing where you walk past it every day, look at it. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so did it, sent it off got the results back in about two weeks and the most mind blowing thing happened. So we got, the way ancestry works is you, you put your DNA in, they give you specifics on your ethnicity, you know, where your background is, where your people came from, that sort of thing. But they also give you a list off record of people that you match that have taken the test. So I got my list and found a first cousin. That blew my mind, my tiny little Andrew brain. It also wow. shows you okay. what DNA you have similar to each other. So knowing that Andrew's father was most likely of Spanish or native Mexican descent, um, this cousin also shared that part of his DNA. So it, we kind of knew what side of the family she was on already. When I saw that it was a first cousin, it, the first thing that went through my brain is that has to be the, uh, the, the child of my mother or father's sister or brother. I mean, that's close. That is, that is so close to a family tie for me. That doesn't make sense. Everybody's dead. How could that be? So we we get access to a um, internal service email that allows us to basically message to, anonymously. Yeah, we, they don't have to message back, um, but we did. We sent them some info, and well, her. It turned out to be uh, the oldest female cousin on my father's side of his sister sorry it's his sister his father's sister's daughter oldest daughter yes and she had just happened to take the test a few months prior it was uh, if she hadn't taken the test none of this would ever have occurred did she say why she took the test i'm just curious she actually did she was looking for her father's side of the family okay fair enough so we sent her some info. We said, hey, you turned up as a first cousin. I've never had any family before, so this is really weird. She said, well, I, I don't really know what to tell you. Um, we have this family and this family, and we also have this myth of my uncle losing a son, but that can't possibly be. I said, okay, all right, well, that sounds about right. So we... <laughs> We kind of spoke a few more times. Um, I mind you, every time we would get an email from her, I would like, I don't even have a word for it. Skitty, I would skitty to Andrew. <laughs> and go, she sent us another email. She sent us another email. We have to read it. 
Because uh, it was going to my phone because it was set up through my email address. Okay. So the main capture point from all this was she started sending photos. I gave her my real my email address, and that's whenever um, she sent a picture. She got a picture from her mother of Gabriel. And it just happened to be one of the same pictures that I have of my mother and I. Oh, wow. So it was at that point that everything really turned icy cold. Um, I kind of, my brain kind of shut down and Alexis had to take over a lot. Um, we, we had been going through some documents and pictures a few months prior. Uh, we found pictures like his mom gave us a box of, we call it the box of Andrew. Um, it's basically any award he got at school. It's his life in a box that she kept. Pinewood Derby. Yes. (laughs) When she disowned him, um, the first time, the first time she gave it to us. Yeah. She didn't want any of my stuff around her. So she gave us the box. Well, I don't think she meant to give us some of the stuff that she gave us. Well, one thing in particular, she gave us a little stick figure drawing that said Gabe's first stick figure. And when I found that picture, I ran to Andrew and I was like, maybe your name's Gabe. And he was like, my name is not Gabe. I was like, maybe you could, you kind of look like Gabe. Maybe you're Gabe. You kind of look like a Gabe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So in shock, in shock, we sent her some pictures back, I believe. We did. And uh, the youngest pictures that we had of him were like six or seven. So I sent her copies of that and she showed her mom. And of course, at this point, her mom is freaking out. Um, Legitimately a myth. Uh, they told my story at family functions. It's like the ghost of Gabriel. Yeah. Oh, so that would, you're that kind of myth. Yeah. yeah. The, you are the myth, the myth of Gabriel past. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, no expectations that I would ever be found again. I was one of those unsolved mystery episodes um, that left you really wanting to know what the end was. And I think it was that night we called his aunt. She flipped. She flipped. She was over the moon. Crying and ecstatic. And she's actually the one that told us the story of Gabriel. It was one of the most painful things I had ever heard in my life. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's, you know, it, it strengthens, it hardens, it, it becomes who I am. I but, appreciate that, but still, I'm sorry that that's something you had to go through. <sighs> I mean, I, I don't even know how to react to it to this day, but... She told me about a a boy who was about four years old, who was stripped away from his family by a mentally unstable mother because of a combination of vindictiveness and pettiness. I'm just anger, anger in general. And, you know, she is the first one that used the term that he was kidnapped, that he was kidnapped from us. 
Um, and we didn't really understand at the moment what that meant until further conversations. And then it was like, no, he like legitimately was kidnapped from us. Um, his father had won custody of him um, and she took him. I mean, I guess we should really go into that. Yeah. All right. So the story goes, I was born to these two people. Um, I had an older sister and I, I assume it was your normal kind of military family. Both of his parents were in the military. She worked, his mother worked as a civilian and his father was an active. And I had grandparents who loved me, or I'm sorry, this, this Gabe, this little boy had grandparents who loved him. He had, he had a lot of people. But um, due to a consistent um, mistreatment of the older daughter, she was placed into these sort of halfway houses. Um, they were meant for kids who had um, attention deficit, uh, anxiety disorders, not necessarily mental disorders. It wasn't that far. But this was, you know, late 80s. So uh, a parent could drop their kid off there for but just about any reason. And my mother didn't seem to want to handle her daughter. Who, Which is Andrew's half-sister. Half-sister, yes. I have no full siblings. All of my siblings are half. Um, I'll go into that later. <laughs> but uh, they, they, my mother could not handle or did not want to handle a teenage daughter. So she put her in these halfway houses. And this happened multiple times, not just once. Um, so. This was against um, her daughter's father's wishes. Um, everybody was, they didn't understand why she kept doing it. They would question her about it. Um, you know, Andrew's aunt would actually go pick her up and take her out to the mall and go shopping and have fun. And she didn't understand why um, Andrew's mother thought that she was so mentally unstable and couldn't be controlled. She never saw that side of her. Um, so none of it really kind of made sense why she was doing that. She went against everybody's wishes to do it. She, she of course, was on medication. Um, that was always the, the diagnosis for sister ADHD. And uh, so at, at a very end point um, in my sister being in one of these halfway houses, a really good friend of hers said that she was going to escape. And she was going to escape with these two boys and they were going to go off. Well, my sister was, from my understanding, a very loving, very caring individual and did not want her to be by herself. So she left with her. They, they escaped the halfway house. They ended up in a motel. And these two boys say they were going to uh, rob this one guy and, and steal his weapons and then go rob a gas station and, and move down to Mexico. She, there, there's a couple of theories about what happened, but the end result is she took her too much of her medication and ended up on the floor in the bathroom 
they moved her to the bed where she expired. And um, they, they called the uh, authorities. No, I'm sorry, they didn't the call the authorities. Manager. They called the hotel manager, hoping he would get there in time to call the authorities. Well, he didn't make it. And they tried to resuscitate her and it, it just didn't work. So she died that day. And it was during the planning for her funeral that my mother left the planning, sat in front of the girl who my sister escaped with. She sat in front of her house, uh, apparently for hours, and um, was caught by the police. She was waiting for this poor girl with a shovel, a tarp, and a can of gasoline. And oh instead of putting her behind bars, her parents had, I assume, had some semblance of power in the community and just said that they would take her in. So that was kind of where- His the, mother's parents. Yes, I'm sorry. So she was surrendered to her um, but after that was when the custody battle for me began. Yeah, so his mother went off kind of the deep end and his father was watching it kind of happen. And I mean, I'm sure most of y'all know that it's a, um, it's hard to go through the death of a child. There's a lot of blame and guilt. So they, neither of them could handle it. We're not really sure why they decided to get divorced. We can't really get a clear answer from his father or his aunt. <laughs> but they decided to get divorced and they started battling for Gabe. Um, it was the maybe a few days before the final uh, transition of parent power over to my father. My mother, there were too many character witnesses. There was too much evidence against her and she lost custody. It was actually the day before your It was third, the day before. The day before your third birthday. The day before my third birthday. It was the last time your father saw you. I was uh, to be surrendered. And they, my, my mother and my father met at a um, fast food restaurant to kind of discuss what was going to happen. Um, I was, I, I don't know how it happened, but I was taken to the bathroom by my mother and removed from the restaurant, shoved into the trunk of a car, which I do remember, and she left. So his father got awarded custody and, and then she took off. She took off. So, okay, so yes, that is a kidnapping. Yeah. Yes. There was um, no, at that point in time, an Amber Alert hadn't been created. Um, but the. Because well, it didn't exist. Yeah. Like Amber Alert didn't exist. Uh, this was in 89. She, uh, the, the judge knew that I was with my mother. The judge knew that if he put out um, like the milk carton pictures and stuff like that, that she would run. So what he did is he put out a discreet APB and attempted to get as many law enforcement involved to find me. Um, 
in the in that time frame, my mother went to her parents, told them a completely different story. They did. She told them a horrific story, um, and that we know this from other sources. But she basically told them that Andrew's father was abusive, and the, the whole satanic cult came up, and he was crazy. And she was trying to save his life. So what she did to my father's parents is sent packages from uh, like Canada so that she could throw them off. Um, she then requested extensive amounts of money from my father's parents and had a specific location that it was supposed to be sent to. Well, they messed up. They didn't send it to the right place because she had sent so many packages from so many different places. I was giving them all sorts of mixed mixed information. Yes. So they sent the money, but she never got it. So she retracted the ultimatum and ran. Um, our first stop was Colorado, where we went through a battered women's shelter. Um, this I remember two bits and pieces of. I had to speak with a social worker about how we had gotten to that point. Um, my mother, of course, gave me the answers to the questions. Um, she wasn't supposed to be in the room with us, but she was. Um, she, of course, manipulated the social worker into thinking that, again, I was on the run for my life. So we had my name, birth date changed and acquired a social security card for me for the first time. Um, that is where we ended up at that small little housing development with the attached daycare. The attached daycare was actually a social worker network um, where they could keep an eye on my mother and me for a short period of time until she was able to find a job. And um, they were able to verify that we would be safe and air quotes again. So my mother went through five, six jobs, couldn't hold one. And I remember being in the middle of the street in Colorado Springs, Colorado, with her on her knees crying, telling me that we no longer could stay there because she couldn't hold a job. Um, she then blamed me and I felt like I had to console her, but at four years old, at four years old. So it was um, the, through the, the shelter that you guys got we, the new, the new yes. social security card and everything and name and like yes, witness protection of. program. Yes, style very stuff. much so. Yes. Okay. So sort of, so we're not actually a hundred percent sure where the identity came from. Yeah. Um, we don't know if the woman shelter helped her or if she did this on her own and paid outside sources. We do know that Andrew is a completely different identity from Gabriel. We know that from, because we've recently been in talks with a lawyer. So it's, we don't, but you know, usually there's traceable things that will lead to a woman shelter. There's not in this case. So there's really no, we, we don't know. My father spent years and all the money he had try and find me. And whenever a private investigator would hit the point that he found out about the women's shelter, they had to stop. It, if it wasn't a legal issue, it was a morality issue. 
so he could never get the information he wanted or needed. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a hard brick wall to bust through. Yeah. So we went from Colorado, uh, traveled south all the way to Texas. Um, and this was one long car ride. So it took about two weeks to do all of this. Uh, from Texas, we ended up in Georgia. And in Georgia, we went through a church program where they allotted uh, well-set um, families who were able to take people in to take in those who were homeless, um, which technically we were at that point in time. Um, we, we actually moved in. I don't know how this my, my mother, this woman, was able to do this, but we moved in with a uh, family of moguls for um, produce. So I, I hate to use the name. Don't use the name. Okay. So um, <laughs> the who was basically the the grandson of someone who created a huge produce chain okay. um, out of Georgia, okay. and they were they were in their 70s when i met them for the first time uh maybe 60s anyhow um so they took us in they housed us they fed us and my mother was still the same my mother always complained about how their their family they had their own family would get more how they would be better treated at christmas and how they would have this and that but we never got that. And I'm six, seven years, no, I was four or five years old trying to figure out why we, we had something, we had something good there. Well, after a few years, they, um, we basically had to leave. Uh, but the, the one thing that, that really never set well with me was that I, I had to relearn how to write my name. I had to relearn basically everything about myself. And I, I remember bits and pieces of that too, because I, I couldn't figure out why I had to write Andrew. So this was in 1993. Yes. This is when everything officially was cemented and Gabriel turned into Andrew. So. Ah, uh, yes. 1993. With, yes. So uh, when I was with this older couple, um, I knew from inundation that my mother's name was something was was something specific and what they called her was k and i was like that's not that has nothing to do with my mother's name what what do you why do you call her that and my mother always told me it was just a pet name it was just um you know something sweet that they came up with well it turns out my mother's real name starts with the k Gotcha. Okay. So they knew they, they had some semblance of knowledge of what happened. Um, there's a possibility that they even were set up with us from uh, Colorado. Um, so we moved from there to uh, a little bit north. And that's basically where we, we set home. So that's where my childhood really started. Um, that's, that's where a lot of the, the really bad stuff started. 
um, keeping me separate from all my friends, having no friends at all, uh, not being able to be in any sports, no activities. Um, it was, it was torture for a kid. But anyway, imagine, um, yeah. so after all this, um, after speaking with my aunt for the first time, uh, she got us involved with my grandfather. And my grandfather is my father's father. And he, I think he was more excited than she was. I would actually agree with that. I think he, he. That's awesome. Like he, they all remember me. Like the, the, her children never met me, but my grandfather used to, whenever I called him, he would be like a couple of States away. Whenever I called him, he would come stop everything he was doing come get me and go fishing and it, it just, i mean gabe was the first grandchild he was the first of everything ah uh, yes so his he his grandfather was a huge part in his life and so whenever andrew talked to him for the first time he was he was crying he was in tears um he just couldn't even believe that andrew was back or gabe was back i love it it was just, it was heart-wrenching hearing someone miss me so much when I never even knew they existed. That was, that was a hard pill to swallow, to say the least. But we... And this was over a few days. It yeah. went from the aunt and cousin to multiple cousins. His sister got involved. Um, Turns out I have uh, two sisters and a brother from my father's side. Again, all half siblings. <laughs> right. Every one of us are actually half siblings of each other. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. And he, vast age differences. Yeah, my youngest brother is. He just turned 17. So he's 17 years younger than I am. Oh and, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after speaking with my grandfather, um, he made it a point to come down. Well, he actually made it a point for you to talk to your dad. Andrew was super hesitant to talk to his father because of the stories that he had heard as a child. It was really hard for him to wrap his head around speaking with his dad. Um, so as we talked to his grandparents and all the rest of his family, um, the last person he actually talked to was his dad. And it was about maybe a week after everybody figured everything out. Just as an interjection, um, one of my mother's favorite things to do to me was ask me if I wish I had a father. Oh, that's cool. And she, yeah, she would do that on almost a daily basis. But if he said yes, then she would cry and. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's so, conditioning. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I got to talk to him. Um, I called him. And the conversation did not quite go as I had hoped. He, he had been so severely affected by me being taken that his life was never the same. I mean, I couldn't imagine. I, I remember when Aries was four and I could not imagine losing him at that point. Actually, Aries was four while we were going through all of this. So it was almost like they were getting a second chance 
with Gabe through Aries. Oh, another thing. The day that I found out about this, I actually found out what my real birthday was and I lost six months in a day. So oh, when I said before that I started dating Alexis when yeah. I was 18, I was right. actually 19. 19. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense now. So it's so much changed all at once. And I just, I still to this day have trouble wrapping my head around it, but. So what was the, the initial mental health impact to all of this? I shut down. I shut down. Um, It was coming to terms with the fact that I had from the beginning of my memories, I could not associate with myself. I could not, I don't know how to put this. Anything that I felt like I liked, it wasn't what I liked. Anything that I knew of myself was fake. And that was before I even knew about any of it. So you felt disassociated from from your own memory. I was disassociated to begin with. I, I had actually never felt that Andrew was, I never liked the name. I had always felt um, angry at it, um, aggressive towards it. Uh, I always did things that I told myself I liked, and that's the only reason I did them. It wasn't that I actually liked them. Um, but when he found out, this is the reason that I was pressing him to find out who his family was because he had a lot of anger. And I felt like it, it came from not knowing who he was. So then to find all of this out, and it's like, you find out your entire life is a lie. He, for the first two days, he kind of put on a mask and hid behind humor. Um, it was just like, oh, this is so cool. But then once we were off the phone, he would just break down. Um not really know what to do or a lot of anger from his mother resurfaced because he didn't understand and there's no way for us to contact her to ask even ask her questions even if he wanted to um so it was really hard and I constantly had to remind him that you know everything gets better and you just have to keep moving forward um and I constantly had to remind his family that it's like I know that y'all lost Gabe, but this isn't Gabe, this is Andrew. Um, he's a grown man who didn't know that y'all existed. So y'all love him. He doesn't know who you are. Before any of this happened, I was at a point in my life to where I couldn't even order food from a from a menu. I didn't know what I liked. I had very meek decision-making skills. I was a product of what my mother wanted me to be. And it showed. Well, yeah, you were told what to like, what to not like, what to do, what not to do. Yeah, Yeah. that that makes complete and total sense. And to find out everything else was a lie on top of that was, it was like I never even existed to begin with. There's definitely some identity problems he really struggled with. Yeah, I would, I would, I would expect that completely. Sure. So how are you dealing with that now? Let's, let's fast forward to where we're at in the stream of things. Now let's talk about 
the Gabe Andrew conundrum now. How does that affect you today? Um, it still affects me. It still has its uh, searing claws in my back. But what I'm trying to do is enforce in my own head that it doesn't matter what my label is. It doesn't matter what my name is. I have accumulated all of these life experiences. I have learned to love all of these activities. I've learned to love this woman. That's not going to change. So I need to just cope with the situation at hand. Um, allow myself the leeway to know that I can do more. I have that ability. Um, I'm not the son my mother force raised and that I, I can be better. So I've, I've sat here for the past three years trying to build up who I am, not what my name is. Okay. So how is your relationship these days with your newfound family? I adore them. Um, my wife and my son are my entire universe. I want to do everything in my power to make my wife happy and to make my son. your sisters and your family. Oh, the new people. Gotcha. <laughs> well, we, no, new I, people. we can definitely talk, talk about the others in your family too. Those, and it's clear that you, it's, it's clear that if you watch more than 30 seconds of any of their live streams on TikTok, there's an absolute affection between these two, and it's it's absolutely quite adorable. Um, oh, thanks. No, I mean that wholeheartedly. It, it's very clear that you that y'all love each other very much, and I think that's very cool. Um, but yeah, so the 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 new how about we say the newly discovered family? How's the how are things going with with those? Um, so I'm still in contact with my aunt and three cousins. So they have three girls. Um, of course, every once in a while, I'll play video games with them. Um, we're helping one of them with her TikTok page. Occasionally. Occasionally, when we can. And, uh, you know, we, we're, we're good. We, we're really connected. Um, they're on the other side of the, the continent, though, so it's kind of hard for us to be involved with them regularly. Understood. So my sister, on the other hand... Who also is on the other side of the continent. She is, but I adore her. Awesome. And it turns out that the genetic, um, our, our genetic composition does not dilute whenever. Yeah, whenever they all look identical. The, all, the entire family, <laughs> they all look like the same person. With, with mild, you know, differences depending upon the mother. Um, so Fair enough. It turns out that my two sisters and I have all studied anthropology in college. Like it, it just is so connected. It's kind of scary. Um, my father and I are both swordsmen. My little brother wants to be. Um, my father is a champion. Uh, no. Rapier. Rapier. Yeah, he uses a rapier and he, he's been all throughout. Um, his area with, oh, I can't remember what they're called, the S SCLA or something like that, the SCA. Yeah, something like that. Um, and I am a Japanese uh, swordsman 
I, I like to think that I, I embody some martial arts he practices. Yes. Um, so I taught Yaido for a little while. Oh, I wow. Do, okay. Yeah. Um, and then my little brother is infatuated with uh, Japanese swordsmanship. So I want to get involved with him a little bit more in that. Um, but it's just it's uncanny how much we all have in common and not just the, the physical aspect of it because we all do. Yeah, we that's all cool. Just look alike. Cool. <laughs> but we talk to him regularly. His we actually just recently got in touch with his little brother, um, because whenever we first met the whole family, we purposely did not talk to his youngest sister or his youngest brother because they were young. Um, at the time, they were gosh, he was like thir- 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that's a lot for a, for a younger person to take in. Yeah, and he didn't know who Gabriel was or who Andrew was, so it was, um, you know, that's just a lot. And then his. Yeah, that's respectful, uh, sister, though. I appreciate yeah. that. His middle sister... Um, Probably the smartest of the bunch. She, oh, she said she's got her head on. She's a good girl. Um, we talked to her probably a year after we found all of this out um, because we flew his oldest, or not oldest, but the oldest of the bunch, we flew the first sister out to meet us. And it was like, you don't even talk to your other sister. Maybe you should like talk to her before we fly this one out to meet us. Yeah. <laughs> and we had uh my my um i keep wanting to say older sister she's not my older sister uh, the oldest of the sisters uh we had her down here for about two weeks and we just fell in love <laughs> just <cool>. absolutely <laughs> awesome. um but when his grandfather we're also super close with real quick he's um he lives four hours away from us and he's actually coming down Tuesday for Eric's birthday. We see him oh, nice. pretty, pretty often. We, That's we cool. talk to everybody pretty often. That's the first cool. time I met my grandfather, um, he is, he was 75? 75 or 76. Yeah. This man jumped out of a moving car and tackled me. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And just like bawling, just, couldn't even believe that he was hugging him again and seeing him again. It was truly, I was just standing there in awe. It was so beautiful. That's cool. That was so. No, oh, go ahead. I'm so sorry. let me ask, let me ask you, this is a question I like to ask uh, all of my guests as we're nearing the end of our, our interviews. I like to ask this question, looking back over everything that you've gone through, and not to reduce it down to one sentence or anything like that. What's the single most important thing that you have learned from your experience? What's your takeaway? Don't give up. Just don't give up because it's not the end. It doesn't matter if you find out you're kidnapped. It doesn't matter if your mother treats you like you're the most worthless scum and keeps you under shoe for your entirety of your your childhood, don't give up because things get better. You meet better people, you form better relationships and you will be happy if you don't give up. Okay, I like that. Now, I came across you on TikTok and and for everybody listening, why don't you tell them what your TikTok name is so they can come onto TikTok, follow you and see. Now, they they talk about this story on TikTok as well uh, in in, uh, different details, but they also do some cool lives and some other things. So you guys should really go to TikTok, follow them. What's the username? 
It is some period random period individuals. If you search some random individuals, we pop up. <laughs> All right, cool. You'll see us. Now, is there anywhere else that people can find content or information about what you're doing or what your your story? Um, we're also on Instagram at some random individual and YouTube with some random individuals. So the only difference is the S. The S is on TikTok. At the end, there's no S on YouTube. And okay. Um, I'll make sure to put that information in the the episode, the episode log. So when people uh, are reading about you, uh, the little the little snippet of information before they listen to you, uh, they'll be able to see all that for for contact information. Uh, Andrew and Alexis, uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on. I really and I know there's so much more to this story. We're only kind of uh, <laughs> dipping our, our big toes into the water of this story. And honestly, um, man. We could talk for hours and hours about this. And I am so enthralled with your story. Um, all I ask is that if a movie ever gets made about this and you you and it gets glossed over the part where you got interviewed on a podcast. <laughs> I know. We, we practically thought about your, you were chosen. You're the chosen one. Um, mm-hmm. would definitely be included. But yeah. So, you know, all, I just ask that you somehow work Chris Pratt into it, you know. <laughs> I got you. As, as the awesome interviewer because you know he likes dinosaurs i like dinosaurs he likes marvel <laughs> superheroes i like marvel superheroes you know he likes well, he parks marvel and rec superhero. i liked parks and rec i'm, j- I'm just saying it's kismet <laughs> so we got you we got you all right that's all i ask well guys thank you so much for being a guest of focused on four you have an amazing story and for those who are listening go check them out on their other social media pages and their YouTube channel. There's so much more to this story and I will be a fan and be following for quite some time. There's so much here, uh, but thank you guys again. We, I truly, yeah, truly appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. All right, guys, that's going to conclude us today for focused on forward. Uh, well, that concludes another episode of focused on forward to be a guest of focused on forward. You can reach us through Twitter at podcast fof through our facebook page named focused on forward or through email focused on forward at gmail.com we look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told so until then be safe be kind and be loving to one another as you stay focused on forward <laughs>